0: Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast with me, your host, Danny Kennedy, and you're listening to episode number 33. Hi guys, welcome back to this week's episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast, and today we are extremely lucky to be joined um, by the absolute master of online coaching, Lynn Trinh. So Lynn, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much, my man. How's everyone going? I hope you're well. Um, really honored to be on this show, man. You're doing some really cool things. So looking forward to uh, answering questions and hopefully giving giving people as much insight as possible.
0: Beauty. And I know you guys today are going to take so much value uh, out of today's podcast. Um, I know I take a lot of value out of pretty much every episode that you put up as well on, on your podcast, Lynn. So I want to start off the show um, by basically just asking you, when did you start out as a PT?
1: Yeah, man, really, really interesting. I, I started out in two thousand and seven. I just finished high school, um, and I was wondering what I could do. And I was waiting for my, you know, tertiary into school to come out at the time. And I was a chubby kid. I grew up as a chubby kid. I, was, I think I was about seventeen at the time. And you know, I, I, I got into fitness purely for my own need because I thought if I became a personal trainer, I would know how to get into shape. And it was really for my own selfish need to be honest. I, I did a course, and I, I think I think it was Ace. I'm not sure specifically in the name. I can't remember. It. it was 2007. I was 17 at the time. And um, finishing that course off, you know, I I started my personal training career. And, and the courses at the time back then they weren't they weren't like these eight week online courses they give you. Knew. I think I did about six months yeah. um, full time, and then it was it was really really good. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't the course that helped me get into shape. Funnily enough, it was really basic, fundamental stuff and, and pivotal. Um, and then, man, yeah, 2007, 2008 was when I started working inside Fitness First, and I went all in. One of the biggest things was, you know, I had the choice between security and going and working at a YMCA uh, gym around my area here in, in Melbourne, or I thought, okay, you know, Fitness First was one of those things where I was like, cool, I love the environment, I love the buzz, and and it was one of those things where I thought, okay, if I work at Fitness First, I will just be perceived as a successful trainer. Yeah. Uh, I, I, inside of my mind, it was like, okay, if I can go and work at QV, and pay three hundred dollars, three hundred and fifty dollars worth of rent, I think it was at the time, a week, um, and you pay rent because you pay Fitness First to uh, give you a facility to train your clients, and every client that you get, you you get to keep completely one hundred percent of the money. Yeah. and that was the journey for me man in 2008 um i got into it out of out of my own need to get into shape really and and it wasn't it wasn't um yeah it was one of those things where i was like if i become a personal trainer i will know how to get myself into shape only because i struggled with um with getting abs for so long that yeah. was that that was my start there
0: yeah for sure and then so obviously after you were doing your one-on-one PT and face-to-face PT, you then transitioned into online coaching, which was, um, I guess, probably a massive step, um, not only for you personally, but obviously for your career, considering where, where kind of you are now. So what was the transition into online training and, and what was the process like? Did you go you know, from one day training you know, a full book of clients to the next day going, see you later guys, I'm going to online or did you, tra- <laughs> did you transition or what was it like?
1: Danny, really good question, man. And for me, like going through – being a personal trainer throughout the years when I was at uni uh, finishing off my physiotherapy degree, I was probably earning about $2,000 a week working part-time. It was really, really really good money. And I'd done it for about five to six years and I thought, okay, what's the next step to kind of move forward? Because as a personal trainer, when you work inside the gym – you kind of just think, okay, you're, you're rocking up, you're doing your sessions. A week flies by. You're making cash. You go on holidays. You don't earn any money. You go back and, and you know you keep doing that and, and time and time again. And you know for me going through my 20s, that, that was a great, great way to to have a lot of income because um, it's it's a great income for for what you do and and you know you enjoy. It. It's 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 really really cool. Yeah,
0: definitely.
1: Um, for me, over the five years, I built up this sense of dissatisfaction. I, I was like, you know, what am I doing with my life? Where am I going? Do I want to open a gym? Um, do I want to? Do I want to? What else do I want to do with my life? And for me, the, the natural progression was opening a gym. It was opening a gym, and and initially, I thought, okay, I'm going to open a gym, and I thought, how can I find a better way to leverage myself first, so then I know the tools and the systems and. You know, when I took that stepping stone, this was in two thousand and thirteen and I moved I moved to a gym twenty four hour anytime fitness that just opened up in Melbourne C B D and I thought, okay, this is cool for a fresh start because if I wanna open a gym I need a model someone else. So I went over and I started training there. And funnily enough you know, I, I started to learn the systems of the gym and, and understand the intricate details. And I, I launched what I call a hybrid program. Um, it's it's taking myself from one-to-one because as a personal trainer, you get paid to, to train a client for 45 minutes to an hour. And at the time, it was $80 yep. for a 45-minute session. And I just thought, how can I leverage myself so that I work less and I kind of make more money, but I help more people globally? And so – I had a mentor, his name's Travis Jones, he's also in Melbourne, and he worked with me at Fitness First in QV as well, and we developed this kind of like a hybrid program where I would uh, train guys, I'd take guys through a 12-week body transformation, because in 2012 I, I competed in a bodybuilding show and I won by default. Like, nobody rocked up. And so that gave me this. And it was super like it was super embarrassing but super cool now that I think about it. Really.
0: Yeah, and, that, Cause and nobody, like, nobody has to know that no one else rocked no, up.
1: Nobody <laughs> knows. I, I've got the trophy. So nobody <laughs> rocked up. I, I prepped for this comp, but I came back to Fitness First and everyone was like, oh, Lynn, you know, I heard you want to come. I'm like, yeah. And they're like, well, can you train me? And so I attracted more guys, um, naturally more corporate guys wanting to get in shape. And that was always my niche because these were the guys that I love to train because, you know, when we train clients – and a variety of clients, we train everyone. There are some clients that you just bond and gel with, then mm. time flies. And then there's others where you just hope, looking at the clock. Yeah. And, dude, I'll, I'll, I'll say it how it is because this is me, you know, revealing the journey. You know, there were clients where I'd look at the clock and I'd be massaging them with phone rollers, and I I didn't feel fulfilled by that. And there were some other guys that just got results, and I love working with them. So I put together a twelve-week transformation program, showing them my steps, my journey, but it was it was purely niche down for guys. Like I called it taking a guy from zero to hero, Clark Kent. You know, yep. you'll, that was my target market, and so it was really cool because the first time, you know, I was charging sixty seven dollars a week to get access to that program and and what happens is they'd get once a week workshop they come in on saturday morning 12 guys in one group they would all train with me and we'd focus on one foundational body part whether it's squats and then throughout that week we would be in a facebook group and i would be uploading videos and and giving them what to do until the next meeting and so that was really cool because they got amazing results um they had actually got better results than my one-to-one clients, and awesome. this was really, really interesting. Not because the program was better, but purely because of the fundamental shift in their mindset. That they had social pressure, they had a group, um, they had group camaraderie. Right? They were like, "Oh my god, I'm rocking up with this guy, and he's getting amazing results." And now that motivated, they motivated each other, and it was energy with, within itself that that kept growing and growing, and growing. I, I didn't do anything. I didn't realize what was happening. Right, and so in the end, long story short, I opened I think five programs, uh, five groups, or oh, five groups on Saturday, and I had two groups on Sunday. So my day yeah. on Saturday looked like this: like 7 a.m. to 12 p.m., um, and then I would do nine and 10 a.m. on Sunday. And I was making more money um, in in those 12 weeks than I had like in in a year, actually yeah. more than that a bit. It was ridiculous. Oh, but no, I don't know. You know, for me, that that was when it was like, okay, cool. I know how to market, and and you know, I was running Facebook ads at the time to get people in and and referring people. But I had a way to leverage myself; like, I didn't have to work Monday to Friday. All I could do was run these workshops and and pull in three, four k a week just working Saturday morning, right? So that yeah. was that was that was the biggest eye opener for me. And you know, at the times moving out to a gym didn't seem such, like such a good idea because there were all these 24-hour gyms popping up everywhere during 2014 and fifteen. And yeah. I thought, okay, cool. I'm not particularly good at managing people anyway. Um, I hate it. Like, I want to travel. I want to work on my own terms. I don't want to rock up to a specific location at a specific time running meetings day in and day out. Yeah, and sure. I thought, and then it came to me and I thought, Danny, what if I could do the same thing but bring it online? What if I could run the same format, the same 12-week program, bring it online, and instead of those workshops, we would do weekly webinars or we would do seminars or we would do something else that fulfilled that, right? And so that's what I did. And so, you know, it was we, – we took the same model online and we – I came to this stumbling block because it wasn't as easy as I thought. You know, one of the things where nobody knew who I was, I didn't have any trust, and trust in the online space. And I'll I'll dive into this. If you're especially if you're a coach or a fitness instructor, or you want to take yourself online, one of the biggest things that made it so easy for me to do sales face to face was people just felt connected to me. People wanted the energy. You know, it was body language, eye contact, everything that's there. Trust. They believe in you 100%. When you go online and you're chatting to someone over the phone. You lose that trust. You lose that ability to connect, and so immediately they, they don't trust you. Therefore, they do not buy from you. Um, so yeah, like cool. Does that kind of give you the transitional phase in, yeah, in terms yeah. of the steps and, and almost the foundations as to what set me up online? So you know, I went I went online in 2015. And I made a decision, and this is this was when I was like, okay, I have to make a decision to shut shop and go. Cool, I'm telling my clients I'm leaving. Um, end of 2014, I left. I said, guys, I'm sorry, I'm going online. I'm just going to go and do my uh, more stuff. Yeah. Okay, I, I don't want to train people anymore, and I, I told them. But man, this was on my mind for like two years.
0: Yeah. Okay. I had built up <laughs>
1: so much dissatisfaction, but I wouldn't do anything because every time I jumped online, I would go back because. Okay. It was so comfortable making $2,000 a week.
0: Yeah. When
1: I jumped online and I didn't have any success, you know, you don't you don't push through failure when there's you're always wondering uh, which side of the grass is greener. Yeah, for sure. And then in 2014, I was like, I've had enough. Uh, and I need to do this and I'm going all in. I know I can make this work and even though I don't know everything now, you know, there, there are people that know and I just have to keep pushing. That was my mindset.
0: Yeah, so, beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. And so, so, so now I'm in my second year at the moment of, um, I guess, running my online business. Although I'm still doing face-to-face PTs, so I guess I haven't fully transitioned yeah. um, as of yet. And I think it's mainly because I do enjoy like the strength and conditioning side of things, where I am face-to-face, whether it be with individuals or, or teams or with PTs in the gym and stuff. But ultimately, I want to get to that point. And you know, I've, like I said, so I've been doing it for two years, and there's still so many things that I feel like not so much missing out on but which i could be doing better so um for those listening like i've just started up an online course with lynn um over the next kind of six weeks and, and i guess hopefully ongoing but um you know it obviously shows for me to have been doing it for two years and and be missing i guess yes. links um to really run a successful and scalable online business uh, i would imagine there'd be plenty of pts out there in the same boat as me so what do you think uh, some of the mistakes that PTs are making that want to go into the online world, uh, or the online coaching world, um, but it, there's things holding them back or things that they're not doing they could be doing better, you mentioned before, um, yeah. about building up the trust and, and not just trying to go for for a sell when nobody even knows who you are. Is there anything that you could kind really? of suggest? I could suggest a ton of things, man. And the first thing is changing your expectation. A lot of personal
1: trainers, and including myself, I'm first to put my hand up. When I thought about online, I thought about passive income. I thought yeah. it'd be an easier way to make money and I'd have to work less. And that's generally the thought. In fact, the, the opposite is completely true. That you know, jumping online, you're going to have to work harder. Yeah, for uh, sure. Work more. You, you're going to have to work more. But the fact is you get to work on your own freedom and your own time. And that's what you get in returns. Um, the second thing I would say for, for most personal trainers jumping in the online space is that it's not completely online. Like your online program, let's say you take a 12-week transformation program, is the beginning to almost get more people to know you and get people results. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you want to be able to build an entire ecosystem around that, whether it's running workshops seminars or, or taking guys on retreats or, or doing one day boot camps inside the gym completely but allowing you to travel anywhere in the world because you've built up that trust and authority and, and you've used your online platform or your online program to get more clients, customers and loyal fans in. Does that make sense? So Yeah definitely. When when I talk about online personal training I, I think yes, one aspect of it is building out an online platform to get to train people and get them results. But without that connection, you know the last thing that I want to do and, and this is I've had to figure out I've had to figure this out the hard way because for me jumping behind a laptop writing programs, uploading content, that's okay yeah. but that doesn't fulfill me no, like no, no, no. connection is the biggest thing. being able to connect with people and, and hearing them and seeing them physically and going, oh my god, you changed my life and having that presence is, is the game changer. but the online platform allows you to do that understanding and understanding that you can reach people around the world and when you get enough people going through your program then you can build out an ecosystem what i mean by an ecosystem is if i've got a hundred people inside my um you know 12 week system and they've all paid a thousand dollars well if i decide that i want to run a retreat in bali with five of them now i've got five people who will fly to bali and spend five days with me yeah sure. because they 've already trusted me, so
0: yeah
1: there are two things man it's the first is is really changing your expectation. The second is understanding okay cool you you in order for you to grow and succeed, you have to go all in i 'm a, a big believer that if I stayed at the gym and I, I dabbled in online, I would not have gone online and, and done what or, or did what I did um, to grow and and get people signed on and the fact is there 's this false illusion that you have to have a million. Um, subscribers or or followers on Instagram. In fact, you know, last year I launched an agency that helps um, fitness professionals build their flagship program, their course and their funnels. And a lot of my clients were guys who had 2 million followers, 3 million followers. And it was astounding to see how much that they were still working inside of the gym, but to see the revenue that they were making online, and it wasn't as much as, it was nowhere near what I thought they were doing. In fact, you know, an average guy with 2 million followers on Facebook or Instagram makes about $3,000 a month online,
0: That's insane. which
1: completely blows my mind, because yeah. now I was going, look, I've got 4,000 followers, right? Um, no one knows of me, and I'm marketing in the US, but I'm getting people to sign up and pay me anywhere from 500 to $1,500 for, for my programs. And I know that if I can turn that around, we're doing 20, 30K a month. Yeah. Whereas these guys have millions of followers, yet they're making $3,000. They're selling ebooks. So that was a massive shift in, in dabbling and, and going all in in the online space and talking to these people. It really allowed me okay, what's my focus? Do I want a lot of followers who aren't going to pay me, mm-hmm. or do I want to spread a message? and get people to pay me for my
0: services because I, I just deliver. Because they trust you, yeah.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned before about expectations, and I think, uh, as I mentioned before, like even when I started online, I almost almost expected uh, to be able to you know, post post an ad out there or, or, or yeah. something on Facebook and then just get all these people coming in and, and dragging in traffic, but what is your opinion on putting out content? Like I, I know you're a massive... A believer of just putting out your best content without holding yeah. back. Uh, do you think that's that's beneficial for bringing in more leads and building up trust?
1: Very good question. It, it really depends on which stage of your business you're in. I believe that if you're starting out from zero to 100K online, the first thing for you is cash flow, trying to get leads, trying to sell. Like, because you've only got one of you inside of your business, you haven't been able to build a team, you haven't been able to build an infrastructure around you that supports you. If you're the only person, the most important job for you to go from zero to to $50,000 is to get leads and make sales. So post an ad, deliver value in advance by running a challenge, by putting out a video series, by putting out content to get people to actually jump onto the phone with you. And I say this, using online, there are multiple ways to make sales. now there's a sales letter, um, which is a long form. many people might have seen this. It goes for like pages pages, pages long, but yeah. those are very carefully and, and, and carefully written and they're crafted in such a way where you know these guys get paid twenty thousand dollars for a good sales letter because it's going to make money mm. as a personal trainer we're not we we haven't we haven't acquired this skill, and for us to acquire this skill it's going to take years mm-hmm. okay so sales letter it's it's a good way, but it's not. It's not the fastest way to make money. Then there's something like a webinar where we can sell via webinar, and we can convert. Once again, this is not a skill that a personal trainer has right now. So I look at the low-hanging fruit. I look at what. You, what are the skills you have right in front of you to make money now? Because cash flow is so so important inside your business. You know, when you're first starting out. You don't need to blog. You don't need to build a list an email market. That is kind of your medium to long-term game to build authority and positioning. But for any personal trainer, it's getting traction and momentum and results. And so if you're starting out online, your first goal is to deliver results. I would say go and train five, ten people completely. Get them to train for, train them for free. Get them results and get testimonials, referrals off them. That's the first thing. Show yourself that you can get someone results online. The second thing is set up your product or program. Set up your eight-week program, twelve-week program, sixteen-week program. Get leads in for it. Market and sell. And do that again and don't deviate because I see so many personal trainers jumping in the online space. They want to blog, they want to start a YouTube type, they want to start Periscope, they want to be on Snapchat. Yeah. They want to do all these things but unfortunately at the end of the day, there's no cash flow in the bank, bank and so they jump back and they end up leaving the online space, jumping back into the gym, into corporate and saying it didn't work for them. Yeah. Okay. There's, there's a systematic process for everything.
0: Yeah, and it all, almost leads me in, into the next question perfectly actually. like I loved your episode on on the Online Trainers Podcast, how you spoke about uh, dealing with overwhelm and um, and I guess focusing on tactics and not strategies, and that's yeah. definitely something that I've I've um, struggled with, and I tend to get to the point where I'm I'm busy doing so much stuff, but I'm really not moving forward. I guess um, what's uh, what what's your suggestion on how to really kind of step back and start to look at strategies and actually make the most of? of your time and put it towards something that's actually going to grow your business.
1: Yeah, really good, man. And this wasn't a concept I got until probably about a year ago when I started working with Tony Robbins and some of his programs, but it's called RPM. It's really focusing on the results and the outcomes first. So the way he puts this out is he says, well, what's the end result? What's the end result that you want first? And let's say, for example, a personal trainer wants 100 clients. That's the end result. So screw the Facebook ads, screw the blogs for a second. Just think about what is it that you want. And then the P that in, in RPM stands for the purpose. Like why do you want it? And the why is super powerful because what you'll notice in this in this game is that you know, you, you might have all the strategies, you might have all the tools. We have all the tools, strategies, resources right in front of us, but we don't take action because there's no calling. We're too comfortable. There's no big why. So figure out your purpose, whether it's, you know, you want to change the world, whether it's you need money right at this very moment in time because you have to pay your mum back. What is your why? Stack your whys. Okay, so go down, and if you don't know your why, it's time to get thinking. It's time to ask yourself. Like a lot of people say that they don't know, and I get that, and, and I, I completely get that because I was in a place where I didn't know as well. The first step, okay, to getting out of that place is your first task is to find, find out what you want. Like if you don't know, find out. Like, sit down and, and think about it for days. It's easy to say, I don't know, but all that does is it causes a blockage for you to not do anything. The, the more you don't know, the less you'll do because it allows you, it's an excuse that stops you from moving forward because you're like, I don't know. Okay, cool. Let's find out. is generally what I say, right? So, if you don't know what your purpose or what your why is, you have to sit down. Why do you want to do this in the first place? Is it for freedom? Do you want to not rock up to your boss anymore? Do you just... Do you just want to live life in your own? Head? Do you want to travel? What is it? Why? Why do you want a hundred online clients? Like really stack it up because deep down you can always go back to it when you're feeling crap because there are days where you're not going to feel motivated, inspired, and you. The only thing that will pull you through is your why. So when you've got your why, and you've stacked it up as powerful as you can. Then M is your map, and it's your massive action plan. It's kind of figuring out okay, to get a hundred clients at this very moment in time, what are the what are the hundreds of possible ways I could do that and you sit down and you go okay cool I can launch a Facebook ad okay cool I can write a blog okay I can write a YouTube I could set up a YouTube channel I could go to all my clients and ask them for five referrals each and then set them up for free I could go out and join venture with a supplement store for every supplement they sell they they get my program for free if they bring a friend along and they get a friend for half price. So you're starting to think more strategically and you mm-hmm. sit down and you go, what are all the options? If I could resource and you sit down for 10 minutes and write everything down. You don't hold back. You don't stop writing. Okay? You have to think. You don't stop at one answer. You write everything down and then at the end of that, you pick the most viable ones that's going to get you there the quickest. Okay? Now, doing it this way, you'll get 100 clients and, and you, what you have to say to yourself is you have to focus. Because when you have 100 different options, it's easy to take one option, hit resistance, okay, come to a brick wall and then go, oh, that doesn't work. I'm going to go back and find something else.
0: Go to the next one, yeah.
1: Exactly. So what you do is you map everything down and you pick the best three. Because in your mind, they're the best. They're the best, right? They're the best three that's going to get you the 100 clients that is the most feasible to getting you to your outcome, the quickest, the best way and the way that you want to do it. So now... Logically, you've told yourself, right, I can't go and do the other things. This is the only road because all those other roads, it's too hard. This is the easiest road. And do you just take massive action and you complete it. So every time, let's say you need to run a Facebook ads and, and you need to build a funnel. If that funnel fails, and chances are that it will because you're not an internet marketer, you're not a salesperson, you're a personal trainer, you're a coach, and it will funnel, you need to start thinking about how you can readjust that funnel to make it work. So see how many... You know, is the funnel broken in the fact that you're not getting enough leads? Is the funnel, or maybe you're getting the leads, but no one's buying, but no well, that ready. just means your conversion process sucks. So how, what ways can you improve your conversion process? And you just start becoming a problem solver, because I see this time and time again, I see a lot of people launch a funnel and they say it doesn't work. And I'm like, okay, cool. Which bit of the funnel doesn't work? Okay, cool. I'm getting the leads. I've got a hundred guys. You know, I've got, I've got 100 prospects to talk to. I've, I've, they've signed up for a challenge. I'm delivering value. 20 guys are on the phone, but they're, they're not buying because they don't have any money. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so this false belief comes in and it says it doesn't work yet because people don't have money. And what happens is people stop and they go back and they're like, okay, it doesn't work because people don't have money. This doesn't work. And the fact is, and, and I, I had this conversation this morning, I was like, dude, do these people that you're talking to own an iPhone? And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, do they own an iPhone? And, I'm like, and, and he's like, yeah, of course. Yeah, I think half of them own an iPhone. And I'm like, if they didn't have money, they would buy a HTC or an Android <laughs> or a $100 phone. Okay? They're not going to buy the best iPhone. Yeah. So what, what, you're, what you're really saying to me is they don't see enough value in your product and service to invest. Mm. Because the truth is, the truth is the online fitness space is so competitive that everybody's trying to do the same thing. And if you've got men's health magazine selling a 12-week transformation program, if you buy their magazine for $15, if you've got free YouTube channels, if you've got Instagram stars selling their ebook for $50, why would they invest $500 in your program?
0: Yeah.
1: And this is the problem. And this is, this is where we're going to go deeper. If you really, truly want to become successful online, you have to become a problem solver and you have to niche down. Okay, because niching down is going to separate you from the pack. Becoming a problem solver every single time is when you hit a point, you have to figure out why people aren't buying. And if you've got 100 leads and you're not converting those leads into sales, people aren't buying because they don't see enough value inside of your product. And so the excuse that comes up is, I don't have money. Or they don't want your product. Mm. They don't. They don't see the value. They compare it because it's comparable to another product. And it's like, well, why would I pay five hundred? I know, I like, I really like you. You're really awesome. you are delivered value, but you're selling me the same thing. I can get fifty bucks. Yeah, for sure. So, what I generally tell these guys is, I say, yeah, okay, you have you're, you're on the red ocean. There's this concept called red ocean and blue ocean. Blue ocean is when you there's. It's all about supply and demand. Okay, the supply is less than the demand. There's more demand for your product than there is supply. Inside the fitness space, there's way more supply than there is demand. So you take yourself out from Red Ocean and stop selling abs and you go, okay, if I was selling to dads, what does he really want? Mm. What are his pains? What are his hopes, dreams, and desires? And for a dad, you have to look at it, man. He wants more intimacy with his wife. He wants to be more respected. He wants to be a leader. He probably wants to have more energy and feel less lethargic. He wants to be, you know, he wants to have sex with his wife twice a week, three times a week, as many times. He wants her to look at him like she looked at him at the altar, and he's not getting that. And yet, so many people are going by and selling this dad a fat loss. Yeah. Yeah, so if you think about Blue Ocean and you come up with a program that can help solve the problem, like, Dad, we're going to get you more confident, we're going to get you so desirable at this moment. Yes, we're going to focus physically, but I'm going to show you the habits, I'm going to show you and give you the confidence, but also we're going to improve your sex hormones and we're going to get those pheromones out so she becomes attracted to you again. It's a completely different concept.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah, for sure. Does that make sense? Yeah, it definitely does. And I think the example you might have used in the podcast, which I really, really liked, was um, I think it was something on the lines of if you had two hours a day to grow your online business, what would you spend that two hours doing? And I think yeah. that that definitely helped me a lot in kind of narrowing down what I should be spending my time on and not just doing bits and pieces from stuff that's really not going to bring me any closer to kind of where I want to be.
1: Yeah. And, and adding to that, man, I do feel as though everyone's busy. busy. Everyone's busy. Everybody's so, so busy, but no one's productive. What I mean by that is I think we make ourselves busy because we've got nothing to do. The truth is I don't believe any personal trainer, any coach jumping online space is really that busy. We look at people like Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, those guys, Richard Branson, yeah, hundreds Mm -hmm. of companies. They're busy, but they're so productive with what they do. And so it's trying to go – if I only had 30 minutes to get this done, if I only had an hour using time because throughout uni, I noticed that I would get amazing projects done three hours before it was due, the night before it was due, but I had months to do it. Yeah. And so it's using that time to kind of go, okay, cool. I've taken on five big projects, but but I'm not going to email or blog because that's not making the most of my time now. What is it that I need to do? Whether it's hiring a salesperson and paying them 20% or 30% of what you're going to get paid to actually do the calls for you so you don't ever do calls again, Mm, okay? But it's completely backing yourself and going, okay, cool, I don't like doing calls. Well, let's figure out a a solution to that problem that you're having. And I I do feel as though most people are busy, we don't have time, but most people are wasting their time procrastinating. And for me, I'm I'm using a method in in the 12-week year Um, that really allows you to get more done in 12 weeks than most people do in a year by just compressing. And and with time management, you have to really, just like anything, just like training in the gym and and counting your macronutrients, if you don't manage your time and you don't assess it, so I have 30-minute blocks every single day and I go, okay, cool. Out of those 20, 30-minute blocks, how many things, how many outcomes did I get complete? And man, when I started this, I'd get one out of 20. Yeah, like and yeah, it was miserable and I, and I sucked and I wanted to give up and I said, well, this isn't working. I'm like, no, this is just objective data. How can I improve this data? And if next week, if I get three out of 20, I'm winning. And so I started this thing about eight months ago and now I'm, I'm probably at about 60 to 70 percent. When I started out, I was at 10, five. Yeah. And so really having a look at where you're spending your time for results, not, not, not action, because okay, yeah. action doesn't always lead to results what are the outcomes you want
0: that's really good, really good uh, well, I want to finish up with a couple of a um, bit more relaxed questions I guess So, um, <laughs> <do> you... <laughs> it's intense isn't it <laughs> it is, it's good, I love it do you have any daily or morning rituals that you stick to each day yeah man, a morning walk um, something
1: about meditation I've tried meditation, my, my brain just can't switch off but I think when I walk um, and I just take deep breaths i just focus on my breathing i don't know there's something about that that allows me to just tap into creativity like when you walk long enough the first five minutes suck. the first five minutes is like oh my god this is a waste of time got other <laughs> things to do and then as you get into it you're like you're so calm relaxed and and things will come to you like i truly believe that things will come to you when you let it come to you and so that walk allows me to think more strategically on a higher level it allows me to be grateful for what i have um so morning, morning walk for me, I've tried meditation, I've tried hot, cold showers. I, I love that stuff because, you know, it, it's having full control of, of yourself, knowing that if you're telling yourself you're going to do something, you'll do it. Mm. Um, but for me, it's always going back to that morning walk and going, I feel really good after 25 minutes. It's, you get to this threshold where, you know, you walk long enough and your body starts to relax and, and you start to just think um, deeply.
0: Yeah, okay, cool. And how was the Tony Robbins event that you went to? You went to a, a Tony Robbins event relatively recently, yeah?
1: Yeah, uh, dude, absolutely amazing. Like I've, I've been following, he's probably been one of the most pivotal guys that shifted my mindset um, since 2013. Absolutely awesome, man. And so, you know, I've been working with Tony. I've gone to a few of these events now. The one in Sydney, um, as always, really, really good. Mm-hmm. I, I do feel as though you know, going to one of those events, you get a massive spike of energy and, and as soon as you, that finishes, if you can instill the habits, if you can k- commit and make a decision that you're going to stick and in, in, incorporate these habits that you've learned, then it's life changing. But I know that habits for some people are so hard to build um, and so they don't get the complete or full results that they were expected. But man, absolutely amazing.
0: Awesome. And if you guys don't know who Tony Robbins is, you, you've you been living under a rock or something. I don't know what... <laughs> Um, so so for any of the trainers out there um, that that have been interested in this podcast uh, you can go and check out Lynn's podcast the online trainers um, podcast there's heaps of awesome content there um, and you've been uploading like crazy lately
1: yeah dude um, one a day every day it's awesome. it's one of those things that oh you talk about daily rituals for me um, you know we, we talk about walking, but something that I do no matter what, is is a podcast, and I'll do an email a day. And that's just a habit because that's one of the things that I've lacked over the years is consistency, and I really wanted to prove to myself that I want to stay as consistent as possible. So that's a really good habit I've built for the last three, four months um, now, which is cool. So one podcast a day talking just about strategies and and mindset and and growth and and, lead generation sales, how to become a better coach, but also an email just to get better at writing, um, crafting
0: yeah, and I would highly recommend you guys check that out. So thanks heaps for joining us today, Lynn, and, um, and hopefully we'll get you on again at some stage. But um, if, there is, if there's anything else you'd like to add, um, feel free. But if not, uh, yeah, thanks again.
1: My pleasure, brother. It has been awesome.
0: Great. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening today. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast already, please do. Um, leave a five-star uh, rating and, and review if you've enjoyed this episode or any previous ones, and I look forward to chatting to you all in next week's episode.